power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just begin to bless the name of the Lord. Close your eyes wherever you are. Just give Him glory. Bless His holy name. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Just give Him glory this evening in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Just give Him glory. Worship His holy name wherever you are. Just lay down your crowns before him and tell him something. Just just bless his holy name. Bless his name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. That is sufficient for us, for your strength that is made perfect. Even in the times of our weakness, we give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word that is about to come forth. I pray that through this word, somebody's mindset will be shifted. I pray that a paradigm shift will take place in somebody's life tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let mental strongholds be broken. In the name of Jesus, let the entrance of the word bring illumination and direction to our lives tonight. I take authority in the realm of the spirit. I declare supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy. We declare their hearts and their minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father this evening. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We thank God for another Wednesday evening. And it's time to delve into the Word of God. Amen. For some time now, I've been teaching on the issues to do with the end of days. We spoke about the rapture. We spoke about the great tribulation. On Sunday, I started with the judgments. And I looked at one type of judgment, which is the great white throne judgment, which I explained on Sunday that that judgment as recorded in Revelation chapter 20 is not for believers. Hallelujah. It's for unbelievers. It's for people who miss the mark. And... It is going to be a day of a lot of shame. It is going to be a day of a lot of disgrace. Um, Things are going to be revealed on that day. Hallelujah. And I mentioned that when it comes to God and judgment, the judgment days, and we must know that there are judgment days because it's not just one now. It's not just one judgment. The judgment days are not the days when it's like you are now going to know your fate. When I taught on the rapture, I explained that the day you die, you know where you are going. The judgment day is more or less a day of sentencing. For us believers, it will also be a day of reward. Hallelujah. So I've talked about the judgment of unbelievers, how it's going to go. And I mentioned that the judgment for the unbelievers, the great white throne judgment will also be in levels. It won't be like the same level for all in the same way to the rewards we receive as believers at our judgment will not be the same for all it's according to how much work you've done and how faithful you've been amen i also mentioned that 
if you are a sinner and you don't repent, every wrong thing you do is like you are accumulating punishment that you receive. It's like you are piling up punishment unless you repent at a point in time and you believe in the work of salvation that Jesus Christ came to wrought on our behalf. And so today, I want to talk about the kind of judgment that will pertain to us. And I believe by us, I mean you and I. Hallelujah. Because I believe we'll be raptured. If the Lord does not tarry, we'll all be raptured. Amen. And even if we should die before that day, we shall be resurrected. Even as the Bible said, the dead in Christ shall be raised. This judgment is a judgment for believers. But before I come to that one, when it comes to us believers, there are actually two levels of judgment where God is concerned for believers. The first level is judgment as sons. Judgment as sons and daughters of God. And then the second level is judgment as servants. And it's the judgment as servants that I'm going to concentrate on tonight. So when we talk about God judging us as sons, God judging us as sons, what are we talking about? That judgment, you don't have to die before you experience it. In fact, the judgment as sons is what we call chastisement. Chastisement means to discipline. Hallelujah. I want us to read Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5 to verse 11. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5 to verse 11. It said, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? So now as sons. He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Hallelujah. That means God disciplines his children. So that is the first level of judgment. When you misbehave, God disciplines you. Just like every good parent will do. God disciplines you. So those who believe, oh, because we are saved by grace through faith, you can live your life anyhow. You can do anything and there are no consequences of disobedience to the Christian because Jesus Christ has died, his blood has washed us and it has atoned for every sin we will commit the past, present and future. He's saying, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. That means that times God will step into your life and correct you. Hallelujah. And sometimes the correction can be uncomfortable. Just like when you were a kid, when your parents are correct, sometimes they correct you with a cane. Sometimes they correct you with pinching. Sometimes, if you are not lucky, it can even be slaps. Because you went to engage in a life-threatening thing. Out of anger, out of fear, out of everything, they unleash their discipline on you. And it's not because they hate you. It's because they love you. Hallelujah. So discipline is not a very comfortable thing. Hallelujah. But when you grow to know God at a certain level, you begin to appreciate his discipline. When you are going the wrong way. Because God knows if you continue going this way, either disgrace will come your way. You are going to bring shame to the body of Christ. You are going to probably die prematurely or something so he does something to discipline you amen one of the tests of maturity in a believer is how you take the lord's discipline and how you take the lord's rebuke in the same way even in a church setting when you do something wrong and your senior pastor corrects you how you respond is a measure of your maturity 
if your pastor corrects you that no this thing you did was wrong don't do it again okay because you did this thing you for one week don't do this one you just sit somewhere it's a way of of disciplining you and you get angry and you leave the church you decide that you will not do the ministry again because you are angry it is a sign of immaturity hallelujah rods are meant for lashing for caning when a shepherd has a rod it is meant for beating the sheep for lashing the sheep when the sheep are going astray the staff usually has a curved end and it is meant for hooking the neck of the sheep when they are moving out of line but you see david was so matured he knew god to the point where these two things that are supposed to be uncomfortable things he said thy rod and thy staff they comfort me for you to get to the point where discipline is comfort for you it means you know god at a very deep level i pray that that is where you get to hallelujah because god is a good father and when you are going astray he will find a way of correcting you he will find a way of drawing your attention to the fact that this thing that you are doing is wrong sometimes not sometimes every time you're going to do the wrong thing the holy spirit will convict you the holy spirit will speak to you for every temptation the bible says there is a door of escape most of the time we see the door of escape but we don't want to escape we decide that this door is not there i don't see the door i shall go ahead and do that which my heart desires may the lord help us all to repent he said for the lord disciplines those he loves so the judgment of sons is discipline no discipline you know peter said that judgment will begin from the house of the law this one is not talking about when we die and we go judgment it will start from the house god will start lashing people god will start caning people god will start straightening people god will start correcting people in his house while we are still here is that for the lord disciplines those he loves that means when you're doing the wrong thing and god doesn't talk you should be worried and god is not responding you shouldn't take it as an endorsement of that wrong thing that you are doing you should rather be worried that maybe you and god are not that tight because in the bible you realize that those that were very close to god there were certain things they did that looked like small small things but the way god reacted it was like "Ah, god you are exaggerating you are overreacting look at moses god described him as somebody he said all my other servants i speak to them in dreams and visions dark speeches and things but moses i speak to him face to face mouth to mouth what did moses do for him not to be able to enter the promised land they said speak to the rock he decided that he 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 had the rod and he will lash the rock twice for me and you that is something very very small but god took a very serious view of it because of the level of closeness may you be so close to god that immediately you step out of line there will be something inside you that will feel uncomfortable you know sometimes we disobey even as christians we disobey god to the point where our conscience is here there are certain things you used to do some time ago when you do them when you lie it's like you can't sleep but now you can lie and lie and lie and lie with a straight face no conviction no conscience nothing that's what the bible calls a seared conscience and when it's going on like that and you are not even sensing the rebuke of the lord you should be worried you shouldn't take god's silence as an endorsement that oh i don't have a problem with what you are doing it may be an indication rather that you and god the distance between you is becoming more and more hallelujah but i pray that that will not be your story verse 7 he said 
as you endure this divine discipline that means there's something called divine discipline discipline that is coming from above remember that god is treating you as his own children who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father you were you never disciplined by your father? if your father never disciplined you then he probably never loved you <laughs> it's not because you were perfect hallelujah verse 8 he said, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. <laughs> you, you must see God correcting you. You must see God disciplining you. Hallelujah. Sometimes, how do we discipline our children? We deny them certain things. It's one of the ways of discipline. Sometimes, some of the things you ask God for, he doesn't give you. It's a way of disciplining you. When your child misbehaves and he comes to us, they say, eh, Because you did uh, wait, when you behave well, then I'll give it to you. That's how the things happen. It's just God trying to discipline you. He's teaching you one or two things. Hallelujah. Verse 9. It says, Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Next verse. He said, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. And then the verse 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. So there are certain not enjoyable things that will happen in your life, and it's just God trying to discipline you. Because you haven't been in line. I'm just trying to dispel this notion that once you become born again, you can do anything. It's like you're a sport child. Anything is fine. No, God doesn't spoil his children. Especially when he has a very deep purpose for you. He will make sure you are in line. And to do that, he will discipline you. Hallelujah. He said, but afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. That means as believers, right living is important to God. Where we are concerned we must live right don't say oh yeah the blood has been shed for me and and you live like you the blood of jesus is in the bucket at the corner of your room i call it blood abuse a lot of believers abuse the blood of jesus it's like it's in the corner in your room you go to make yourself dirty and then you go chale one cup wash there you go make yourself dirty another cup wash like that that is not how god wants us to live hallelujah he wants us to grow out of our weaknesses. He wants us to grow out of the besetting sins, the sins that easily beset us. And there are times when the judgment of God on his children, the discipline, sometimes is very, very severe. Look at, look at what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. And nobody can convince me that they were not children of God. They were in the church. They were part of the church. Those days, it wasn't like now that we have unbelieving believers in church. People who are in church, but they are not really Christians. Those days going to church, when you, you say you have joined the church, you have signed a death warrant for yourself. Because they can come and catch you at any time, feed you to lions at any time. If you don't really believe, I don't think you want to put yourself in that kind of danger. So Ananias and Sapphira, they believed in Jesus Christ. They were part of the church. And look at how severely God, God dealt with them. Death straight like that. If you read First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, there was a very serious situation where somebody who was part of the church how do i know he was part of the church 
I'll tell you soon. He was engaged in some form of sexual immorality. I think it was incest or something of the sort. And look at the, the, the judgment that was pronounced. He said, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This was somebody who was not repenting. I believe he had been spoken to. He was engaging in one form of sexual immorality or the other. And this is New Testament. This is the church at Corinth. He said, deliver such a one unto Satan. If he was an unbeliever, there will be no need to deliver him unto Satan because he's already with Satan. That means he was a believer. Deliver such a one unto Satan for what? The destruction of the flesh. Do you know what destruction of the flesh means? It can mean so many things. It can mean debilitating sickness. It can mean... What are the things that can destroy a flesh? Accident. It can mean... It, it said leave him for... But for his soul, it will be saved. This is a form of judgment for not repenting. But today, that is not my focus. Hallelujah. All I want you to understand is the fact that God disciplines his children. You can't live your life anyhow and sin anywhere. One of the ways he disciplines us is to expose our sin. There are a lot of people who repent of their sin only after they have been exposed. So long as it remains hidden, they will continue to commit it and commit it until one day God says, okay, let me just remove the lid on you. Let people see that this is what you're doing. And that is what catches their attention. Then they decide to change. So if you don't want to be exposed, as Luke 8.17 says, there's nothing hidden under the sun that will not be revealed. Repent of it now. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is convicting you. You are not listening. You are listening to preaching on that thing. You are not stopping. One of these days, to catch your attention, God will decide that, let me just expose you. It's a way of disciplining you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So God disciplines his children. So he judges us as sons. That one is here on earth. When you misbehave, he lashes you. But then, the kind of judgment... I want to focus on is the judgment as servants servants are people who are serving god they are people who are doing something for god and this is what the bible says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 paul is saying for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body According to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. He says, for we must all stand before or appear before the judgment seat of Christ. If you read the original Greek, the word for judgment seat of Christ is the word bimatos Christos. Bimatos Christos. So some people call it the bima judgment. Bima, not in terms of uh, BMW. But bima is a Greek word. A bima means a platform. It means a stage. So what it means is that you will be put on a platform. It's the same word that is used for those platforms where Olympic Games, people stand, the medal podium, where people stand and receive medals. It's the same word, the bima. So that day you, you will be on a platform. You stand there. And some have debated whether this judgment is going to be private or public. I mean, when I read in between, I believe it will be very, very public. 
it will be a very 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 public judgment the good thing to know about this judgment is that it is not a judgment of condemnation as the bible says there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus it's not a judgment of condemnation it is a judgment of accountability you are going to give an account it's like you have been given a job to do an assignment to do it's examination day that is the day you are going to be marked that is the day you are going to be assessed it is not a judgment of condemnation the judgment of condemnation is what i spoke about on sunday the great white throne judgment where unbelievers are going to be condemned but this is going to be a judgment of accountability it's like an examination you are going to receive your results and you're going to be told why you have been given these results so he's saying we must all stand before the judgment seat of christ the bimatos christos and we'll stand there individually you know when it even comes to when this judgment is going to take place there's a lot of theological debate but majority of people believe it will be immediately after the rapture because that's when we expect the the supper the marriage supper of the lamb to take place so probably to be after the supper or if it's before the first supper, some people cannot eat properly so i don't know it will be peri peri supper whether before or after it's close to the supper and it's one of the reasons why i believe it is going to be a public thing because i mean what is the point in rewarding you alone and i mean it's like a speech day you've done well you've 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 scored in english you've scored in mass so they call you and everybody's claps for you and you know you are giving your reward imagine if you went to receive the prize the headmistress just calls you to the office and gives it to you it's not a very nice thing it's going to be an open thing for everybody to see hallelujah so i can just imagine a super large stadium larger than any stadium I'm talking about billions of people i'm hoping it will be in the billions hallelujah billions of people seated and there is a stage you could be sitting by somebody who lived in 1620 that's the person when did you live say i was alive during the time of don diego de azambuja when they came to the coast of ghana <laughs> i was there so say eh, what was christianity like in those days it will be very very interesting they'll call people that you know people whose ministries you have followed that they will know those who were doing it for showmanship and will know those who were doing it out of a genuine heart and so i, I believe it is going to be an open thing it's going to be an open thing and what is going to happen there let's read first corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 accountability we are going to give an account i'm going to give an account your faithfulness is going to be assessed it says so don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the lord returns for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. That's the part I'm interested in. You see, this one is not like darkest secrets as in the sins you committed. That one is for the, yes, those who will be at the great white throne judgment. 
but there'll be an assessment of the motives behind the things that you did for the kingdom that is if you even have anything that you did for the kingdom there'll be some people there'll be nothing so no reward like they'll just enter by the skin of their teeth like that but we'll look at the motives it's a judgment of motives we are looking at the motives the, the mind with which you did what was the mind with which you joined the choir what was the reason why did you join the, why did you join the prayer band say you are going to you are going to be praying the motive will be judged before your your faithfulness is assessed how faithful you were what was the motive that is the day we will know the real reasons why people went into ministry we we'll know the reasons why people started certain ministries whether it was out of ambition or or it was out of obedience we will know we will know motives the reasons why we did it that conference that pastor you organize for your church whether you organize it just because another church is organizing another conference and you're afraid when they start going when they go for that one they will not come back so you decided to erect a golden calf for them worship the golden calf here because when you go to jerusalem that's what one of the kings of israel did he said when you go to jerusalem to go and worship perhaps the king he'll steal their hearts so let me also erect something here for you don't go to jerusalem just stay here and worship this one a lot of the things you are doing in ministry they are golden calves just to keep the people people start all nights in churches not because oh god has laid it upon the earth or because they feel people must pray or you know there's a serious need for intercession or anything it's because another church close by is having all night and you know the people want to pray and things if they go there and keep going they go one two three no they will just remain and not come back so let us also start an all night what are the reasons for doing the things that you are doing student christian leader in school why do you want to organize that program at all costs is it because you want the people to be blessed or because you want it to be on record that it was during my time that i was able to bring so so and so to the campus i was able to pull this big name that day the motives will all be revealed the reason why i'm doing ministry you will all know that day whether it is out of ambition whatever it is that i'm looking for it to be laid bare for everybody to see so motives the reasons why we are doing the things what is motivating us and our faithfulness for the things that we did for the kingdom of god will also be assessed how faithful were you you decided to join the choir how many times have you even attended meetings when you are giving instructions do you follow are you always memorying are you serving god with an open heart with a heart of joy are you sacrificing with joy or you're always grumbling your faithfulness is going to be assessed that day you join you say you're a prayer warrior you're according to the ministry of intercession how faithful are you do you only pray as a prayer warrior? do you only pray when there is a meeting even the meeting you are probably not even attending are you only praying when there is a meeting once a week of prayer warriors or as a true intercessor intercession is a part of your life you pray for people you intercede for people 
our faithfulness will be examined how faithful we have been look the rewards on that day will not be proportional to how prominent your work was and that is the mistake a lot of people make they think oh those of us who are frontline everybody is seeing us we are automatically going to receive the bigger rewards no it's not going to be so it's like an examination everybody has a different set of questions answer your questions and you are marked according to your questions that you were giving so if you get 100 over 100 in the questions you were giving and i get 96 percent you've done better than me that means somebody whose job is to sweep the church if the person does it faithfully and god is satisfied and god says your mark is 100 percent level of faithfulness and mine as a pastor 80 percent the person may get a bigger reward than I, i'll get everybody has his questions that that is why it's important to seek to find and to fulfill your god-given purpose you don't dance according to the dance somebody is dancing because the person has a different exam he is going to answer oh just because this particular ministry is glamorous and people seem to be very attracted to it let me also go there so that i'll get the accolades of me you see those who look for their rewards here on earth they won't be rewarded in heaven that's what the scripture says when after administration all you are interested in is for people to say well done you have done well you have done well this is and that is all you are looking for you receive it here on earth when you get to heaven say you've got your reward already i'll rather get the reward in heaven than to have it here on earth even though when you get it here on earth it's not bad hallelujah but that shouldn't be your focus what people are going to say after the administration there are times you are preparing to go and lead something a song or you're preparing to go and minister to preach or something in the middle of the preparation you realize that no the thing echo then you are tempted to start thinking of the comments you will get and the congratulations you will get after you are done with the ministration oh may the lord help us to repent hallelujah the focus should be on how much of a blessing it will be to the people i'm not saying when somebody blesses you with administration you shouldn't because sometimes it's, it's also necessary sometimes when you have ministered well satan will come and be ministering discouragement into your ears you will remember all the wrong notes you sang you remember all the lyrics that you missed as a preacher you will remember or you remember the things you wanted to say that you couldn't say and and even the bad joke that you said that you alone laughed at so sometimes when you encourage people after that oh you, your ministration blessed me it is an encouragement it lifts the people's spirit so i'm not saying you shouldn't do it what i'm saying is that for the minister that should not be the motivation that people will say oh you've done well yeah and they call you man of god and you know that yeah i'm floating in the spirit i'm i'm doing well i'm doing well i'm, I'm on course i'm on course among calls if you get your reward here on earth there's no reward again for you in heaven but that is if that is your focus the reward that you are going to get here on earth hallelujah our faithfulness will be examined how faithful are you as you are sitting there right now ask yourself how faithful are you for some of you you are not even doing anything for the kingdom you are living all your life for yourself you are living all your life for here on earth 
let's see what the bible says in first corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10 to 15 it's a very 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 scary analogy paul is painting for us of what is going to happen okay let me start from verse 12 he said now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble now it's it's sort of giving an imagery of a building somebody has built you see a building is a is a a symbol of investment when you build a house you've invested it's like a symbol of the hard work what you have used your time for what you have used your energies for if you want anything that represents all these things in one is a building may god give you the grace to build your own building one day in fact buildings he said now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble so he's giving six different materials here three of them are very durable gold silver and precious stones and then the other three are easily destroyed they are not strong they are just anyhow wood hay and stubble verse 13 let's see what he says anyone builds on these verse 13 every man's work shall be made manifest for the day we are talking about judgment shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is hallelujah so it's it's an imagery i don't know whether at the judgment there will actually be literal fire but i can imagine this thing as okay you have built you have spent your energy you have spent your money on something and the thing is set on fire let's read on verse 14 it said if any man's work abide which he had built thereon he shall receive a reward next if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire a lot of people don't understand this verse when we talk about the saved you know the person will you do suffer loss but you'll be saved all right it's like you're in a house and the house is set on fire you are able to escape so the fire doesn't kill you but what can you recover from the bent house and it depends on the materials you have built your house with if it is wood it is going to burn to ashes if it is hay it is going to burn to ashes if it is stubble it is going to burn to ashes but if it is gold silver or precious stones the fire may even make them look nicer so the question is what are you building your life on what are you investing your time in let me tell you clearly there are things we do here on earth that will clearly fall in the category of hay will fall in the category of wood will fall in the category of stubble and there are things that fall in the category of gold silver and precious stones the things that fall in the category of wood hay and stubble are things that are of no eternal value they don't have any eternal value they are not bad things or they don't have any eternal value the gold silver and precious stones are the things that are of eternal value the things whose values are maintained the things that follow you into eternity when you have crossed from this realm of time 
into the realm of eternity. Those are the gold, silver, and precious stones. Unfortunately, many of us are spending our time accumulating hay, wood, stubble. We are building our houses with hay, wood, and stubble. Things that cannot cross with us into eternity. Look, your degree is good. But it can't cross into eternity with you. It doesn't have any value there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying don't get degrees. By God's grace, I've had a bit of education myself. It is a good thing. What I'm saying is that there are certain things we mustn't place too much value on in our lives as if they are the alpha and the omega. Your academic qualifications, they are good. They are beautiful. When they write your name, so many letters, M, this, F, this, C, this, blah, 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 and things. It's, it's nice. It's beautiful while you are here on earth. But it cannot cross that border into eternity with you. It is wood. It is hay. It is stubble. So when your, your life's investments are set on fire, they will not survive. But the things that are of eternal value, They'll even shine brighter on the day. Hallelujah. How much of your energies are you spending on things that have eternal value? How much of your time, energy, money, whatever, are you spending on things that are of eternal value? And when I talk about things that are of eternal value, I'm talking about things that add to the kingdom of God. I'm talking about things that will add to the kingdom of God. If you take the 168 hours you spend in a week, that is 24 hours times 7. How many hours of it do you use for things that don't have any eternal value? It will tell you that you are a bad investor. You are investing in things that don't have a very long lifespan. The Bible says on the average we are given 70 years, plus or minus. But there's also eternity. And eternity is not 70 years, it's not 100 years, it's not 1,000 years, it's not 1 million years, it's not 1 billion years. It is forever and ever and ever and ever. And the same time that you have to invest in how you will live here on earth, and that is what most of us are doing. We are investing in how we will live here on earth. We want to have a nice house at, you know, East Legon. You want to have a nice house at Trasaco Valley. You want to have a nice house at Chain Homes and, you know, things like that. Very, very beautiful places. So we are working hard with all our strength. It is not bad. But also think of eternity. So you are a bad investor if you are investing all your energy and all your talents into 70 years. When there is a time that is even more than a billion years there and you are investing nothing into it. And everything you are investing in cannot cross after the 70 years into the 1 billion years. When I caught this revelation, it changed my mindset about the world. I stopped worrying about certain things. It reduced the value I placed on certain things. Ladies and gentlemen, eternity is more important. How you are going to spend eternity is more important. Yes, you will make it out of the house. The fire will not catch you. But what will be left of your value, your net worth, after that fire has fallen upon the house, and that is what Paul is telling us now. 
if all our strength all our energy is for things that can be categorized as wood hay and stubble we are bad investors why should we invest everything into 70 years plus or minus when there are billions and billions of years forever and ever and ever and ever and how you are going to live in eternity the level you are going to be at in eternity just like how on earth here our society is stratified we have low class we have middle class we have upper class it is going to be the same in heaven we are not all going to have the same levels of authority we are not going when jesus used parables to give an idea of of how rewards are going to be and there was a time where he talked about rewards of cities i believe people will own cities in heaven people will not only have mansions they will have cities in heaven it is good to to aim to live in the best neighborhoods here on earth and may god give you the grace to achieve that but it will be better to spend the billions and trillions of years in eternity in a very nice neighborhood in heaven because you have been faithful because you have worked hard we are not all going to be on the same level i told you that at the rapture we will have glorified bodies glorified bodies have have a certain glow if you read daniel chapter 12 from verse 2 to 3 the bible tells us something it said many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace i use the scripture when i was talking about the great white throne judgment so as for rising up we all rise up at a point in time but some will rise to everlasting life that is us those of us who go through this judgment seat of christ that i'm talking about and then those who go and face the great white throne judgment do rise to everlasting disgrace and then look at what he says next so when they rise what happens it says those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky that means even the glorified bodies are different 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 designs home at different times and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever that means how you glow how your glorified body even glows when we see you know we know you are lazy christian you you are not you are not you didn't really do much like you you are just pew warmer in church you just go to warm the pew on sunday and you leave and that is where majority of christians are you may be living a big life here on earth but when we cross into eternity and you even make it into heaven levels don't change levels will change just like lazarus and the rich man when they went into eternity the rich man thought things were still the same so he was still asking abraham to send lazarus because he's used to a beggar send him to come Abraham said, no, levels don't change things have changed hallelujah yeah i want to receive a good reward in heaven just like how on speech day you're always aiming and striving hard to climb the stage and go to receive an award there are some people speech days are supposed to be very happy days but for some people speech days are very sad days and that is how it's going to be when we stand before the judgment seat of christ yes it's supposed to be a happy day it's supposed to be a day dinner marriage supper and all of that but some people will not be happy why because that day your unfaithfulness will be revealed to you you'll see how unfaithful you've been you have been a bad steward god has given you so much so many talents and you 
you you you expended all on things that don't have any eternal value no eternal value so it will be a day of great regret will jesus be angry with you i don't think so but he'll be disappointed you will see the disappointment in his eyes that look i gave you so much talent so much knowledge you knew so much there's so much you could do you could have written songs you could have sung songs you could have preached you could have helped with technical stuff you could have used your writing skills to further and advance the cause of the kingdom the money i gave to you what did you do with it you just bought plenty cars to show the world that you are a rich man you never invested any into the kingdom of god the bible says lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven if the bible is saying we should lay treasures in heaven that means there is a treasury treasures are put in treasuries and treasuries are accounts i'm telling you today that you have an account in heaven maybe you should ask god for the balance on the account all our energies are on things that are earthly and our heavenly account is bleeding our heavenly account is in the red they want to write you a letter that if you do we'll close it because you are, you are not investing anything into it all our energies are on things here yes it's good academics is good books are good career is good work on those things achieve to the best of your ability but the same zeal in fact not even the same zeal a higher level of zeal must be used to pursue the things of the kingdom no christian is supposed to be idle where the kingdom of god is concerned that is why the day you give your life to christ god didn't kill you he kept you alive because there's a purpose and there's an assignment with your name on it there's an assignment for which you are god's plan a and you must seek you must find and you must fulfill it the bible says in the book of ephesians it says it gave unto some apostles prophets teachers evangelists pastors for three reasons one for the perfection of the saints for the edification of the body of christ and then three for the work of ministry many people go to church just to fulfill their two they want to be perfected because they know they are not perfect they want to be edified they want to be to be encouraged you come to church you are down you need a word to lift you up you want to be edified you want to be charged up you know there are some weaknesses in your life when you come to church iron sharpened iron the word of god sharpens you straightens your rough edges many people are doing two over three in church but there's a third which is for the work of ministry and don't think ministry is any big thing the word ministry means to serve are you just worshiping god or you are serving god that is a question you must answer now it is important for us to note that there are rewards that were originally meant for you that you can lose other people can take your reward when we read the book of revelation chapter 3 verse 11 revelation chapter 3 verse 11 it says i am coming soon hold on to what you have so that no one would take your crown that means exchanges are taking place every day 
exchange of crowns are taking place every day i believe this comes about as a result of unfaithfulness when god gives somebody an opportunity to do something the person is unfaithful with it you are just joking with it you see god is like this coach managing a team you have an agenda you have a purpose you must win this match so you have your players you have your strategy and you put players in various positions to play and you have some people who are just joking in the game the gunman will say oh louis pole you are just misbehaving when we give you the chance face to face pull then you decide to jake and the thing goes over the bar like that by the time you see the coach would have stood by the side and he'll do the substitution sign substitute you come and sit down and somebody who is look what you are doing and joking with somebody is jogging on the touch line waiting for god to signal him to come in and he'll come and the end result is the revelation 311 he'll take your crown away from you i'm determined nobody is going to take my crown from me what i'm supposed to do i'll do it to the best of my ability what i'm supposed to do i'll give it my all i am not going to open the alabaster box and be tempted to pour bit by bit i am breaking the alabaster box when you break it it means you have no choice but to empty everything in it and that is what i admonish and encourage somebody to do today if you are serving god serve god to the best of your ability don't treat god like a reverse d-o-g instead of a g-o-d a dog that you give the surplus of your food in the house to god should be number one in your life serving god should be number one in your life what do you do with your money when your giving is passed through the fire your prayer life when it's passed through the fire one of the groups of people who will be highly respected in heaven will be intercessors people who stand in the gap for people people who stand and pray and i've always said that intercessory is not a ministry that is like you know it's actually not when we're mentioning the ministries intercession is not mentioned why because intercession is an open invitation he said i sought for a man god is looking for people it's just about desiring and having the heart to go on your knees and to cause things to happen intercession I, I pray that the grace for intercession will fall upon somebody that the zeal for prayer to cause changes around you in people's life to cause changes in your church to cause changes in your family to cause changes in your nation to cause changes in the world i pray that that fire will fall upon you right now even as you are listening to me let no one take your reward when you read the book of of first john chapter 2 verse 28 it says what and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him that means that there's some people will be ashamed that is why somebody like paul when he was about to die could boldly declare i have fought the good fight i have finished my course how many of you ask can say that on our deathbeds that we have finished the course that means the syllabus i was given i finished it i have studied it i have i have done what i'm supposed to do how many of us will have that kind of confidence he said and i have kept the faith i have kept the faith second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 even as i close my sermon second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 he said i have fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith and give me the the verse 8 he said henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge 
shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing how many of us can speak such bold words on the day we are about to exit from the earth that we have fought the good fight my prayer for you is that God will stir up a new zeal for serving him that the Lord will cause a paradigm shift to happen in your mind the Lord will cause a paradigm shift to happen in your spirit and your way of thinking that you will not expend all your energy all your time all your money all your 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 resources all your talents on things that can be classified as wood hay and stubble there are certain things yes they are wood hay and stubble but depending on how you use them they can be converted into things that are of eternal value it's like you going to travel and you have one billion ghana cities and you are going to go to the united states of america if you cross into the united states of america with one billion cities it is useless nobody wants your cd there but if you can change it into dollars before you go you'll still have money with you there are certain things that on their own don't have eternal value but you need to do some conversion my car cannot follow me into eternity but i can do things with my car i can visit the sick i can visit church members i can visit i can do evangelism with it i can help use it to carry speakers to church these are things that are of eternal value it's like converting your cities into dollars so that you can use it whatever talent god has given unto you whatever material things god has given unto you i pray that you have the grace to convert it into things that are of eternal value let that paradigm shift begin to take place in your mind let that paradigm shift begin to take place in your heart begin to see the kingdom of god and the agenda of god as number one in your life just begin to pray wherever you are right now pray for a change of heart pray for a shift in your paradigm pray for a shift in the way you think in the name of jesus all your energy all your strength i ask that the 168 hours in the week what do you use it for what percentage of it is spent on things that are of eternal value just pray the lord give me the grace give me the grace give me the grace help me to break my alabaster box many have opened the alabaster box and are just pouring it out little by little but god god says break the box break the box empty yourself totally unto him there are certain opportunities you have right now to do certain things for god and if you don't take those opportunities those opportunities will never come again it's just like the woman who broke the alabaster box when she was about to break it people were filled with indignation this is too expensive why do you waste this amount and jesus made a certain statement and many of them didn't understand it he said she has come to prepare my body for the burial i'm sure they didn't understand what jesus was saying at that particular point in time but remember that on the third day when the people were now going to put spices on jesus's body when they were now going to put ointments on jesus's body by the time they got there jesus had already resurrected she saw an opportunity to spice jesus's body to put perfume on jesus's body and she took it that was because that opportunity was not going to be there all the time i pray that there will be a paradigm shift in your mind a paradigm shift in your heart that you begin to think eternity May the Lord stamp eternity on your eyeballs. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word that has come forth. 
We pray that Lord let there be a shift in our paradigm. Let there be a shift in our mindset. Let there be a shift in our thinking. Many of us spend all our time, all our energies on things that can only be classified as wood, hay and stubble. But Lord we pray for the grace to build with gold, to build with silver, to build with precious stones. Grant us the grace to be faithful to our callings. Grant us the grace to be faithful to the things that we have decided to commit ourselves to. We pray, O oh God, that even as we will not miss the rapture, on that day, you will shake us. And even as the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, a great entrance will be ministered unto us. May we receive standing ovations even as we enter into eternity because we have been faithful to you and faithful to your work. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts are changed today. Thank you, Lord, for this word. To glory, Father, to glory, Son, to glory, Holy Spirit, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Oh, we.
Information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!